2: Hello, you are listening to the Monarch Files, your weekly breakdown of each episode of Monarch Legacy of Monsters, part of the Watching Now series on Couch Soup. Be sure to subscribe and keep up with all the monster action and like and comment with what you think of this week's episode. This week on the task force, we have Brandy. Hello. Tom. Hi. Hi, Tom. <laughs> and we have a special guest joining us this week. We have Nathan. Hello, Nathan. Hello, Nathan.
1: Hello, and first I must say, I'm sorry. I was supposed (laughs) to be on like two or three weeks ago and I completely forgot because I didn't Uh, write anything down. Life. (laughs) And and didn't, you know, I've just gotten used to not having notifications on for Discord. (laughs) So I'm like, well, turning notifications on. (laughs) Well, now you're here
2: and uh, give us a quick little uh, summary of uh, who you are, sir, and why you're on the Monarch Files.
1: I am here because uh, our mutual friend, uh, Alex, recommended Mm. me because I am, as he put it, a kaiju scholar. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a a fan of Godzilla and kaiju since I was a wee lad, and I run a kaiju-centered podcast called The Monster Island Phone Vault, which will be starting its fourth season, hopefully next week. Uh, Well, now that you're
2: here and this is your first being time being on the show, give us your Mm -hmm. short snippet of like how you're feeling about Monarch at this point.
1: I thought it started off really strong. I really liked those first couple of episodes. I say probably about the first three. I felt like the middle was not quite as strong for me. It's been picking up the last couple of episodes. It's those character episodes in the middle. Yeah, the, same the, the middle was kind of squishy. The the middle, like a lot of Americans, is kind of squishy in the middle. Yeah. Just did.
3: <laughs> we felt the same thing. So yeah, right
1: there oh, it's with a you. little
2: morbidly obese in the middle. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: Jesus, a little flabby. <laughs>
4: yeah,
5: this American humor, Jesus. So it I sounds like we're kind of in, on the on the
2: same page for the most part. Like it starts off real strong. It's kind of dipped, but it's kind of like had a slow build since then. Yeah. yeah. Episode five was a banger. I liked episode five. Five was pretty good.
1: Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to remember which one was, which one was five. San Francisco. San yeah. Francisco. Okay. Yeah. No. That part of the episode I did like. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty. Cool. I think Tom is just a, uh,
2: taken aback by Kentaro and the chips. That's all he cares about is those chips. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much.
3: <laughs> that was, that was amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we get started and moving on to our show proper, there's a, a little bit of a, an Easter egg mention I got to throw out there there was an Easter egg from episode 6 that we kind of missed like we talked about it we touched on it on this show but there's the fact here and thanks to Brandy for catching this the uh, scene where Duval in episode 6 talks to Shaw and breaks him out of the Monarch Van she she mentions that her sister died in Jinjira we mentioned this that her sister died in Jinjira and that we're like ah Jinjira is the place that Godzilla 2014 originated in What we didn't catch is that her sister is actually Sandra Brody, Mm
1: -hmm. which is
2: the main character's mother in 2014 Godzilla. Yes. How
1: did I not know this?
2: Right. So
3: Ford Brody is her nephew. Ford
2: Brody. Yeah. It's her aunt. Uh, Duvall is Ford Brody's aunt.
1: I'm doing my impression of the shocked Jackie (laughs) Chan meme.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I was sitting there in the shower. Like I said, and I'm like, wait, oh my God, sorry. (laughs) Um, And I just started thinking, I'm like, well, Duvall's French. I know that the actress playing Sandra was, is French. So I'm like, but really the only people that died were the scientists that got caught in the reactor. And she was like the main one that they showed. So I'm like, it has to be her. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, that's gotta be her. Because they they evacuated everybody else, as far as we're aware. So I had I I like put the pieces together and it made sense.
2: Yeah, and then we went back and watched that scene where she's talking to Shaw and she does say my sister Sandra
1: and we're like ah okay the accent makes it
3: hard to hear but she did say Sandra. Oh my gosh,
1: that's wild because I connected her to a completely different character. Yeah. Not in the MonsterVerse. I was saying that I was uh, on my coverage for the patrons. I was saying that I, I, has anyone here ever seen Godzilla, the series, the cartoon sequel to the 98 film ages ago? It's been ages. Yeah. Did, well, yeah. they had uh, they had a French super spy lady on mm. that one that was m- member of the team. And I kept saying this is MonsterVerse Monique. <laughs> because that was her name i'm like just call her monique please just call her monique for me <laughs> but they we they, they didn't her name is michelle but hmm.
2: okay. it's true i mean it's maybe
1: okay. nod to that
2: too but yeah that was kind of like this huge thing and then that opens up other doors of like are they going to try to tie it into other characters like Looking into this, did see that there are other theories about like Ford Brody's character coming back. And if they do like a season two of the show, like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
3: I just want to see uh, Sarazawa, but you know, yeah, that'd be cool. But... I, I'm
1: just sitting here wondering can they, can they get, <laughs> can they get, yeah, that's Ken gonna it might... to come on or, um, to, um... Trying to remember Aaron his name. Tyler Johnson. Aaron Taylor? Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Can they get him to come back now? I don't know. He's because he said some disparaging things about being in movies like that. Yeah. But anyways, well, that man. was a huge like
2: Easter egg that we're just like, <laughs> okay, we got to mention this before. We... Now, if
1: they really if they really wanted to please people. Well, no, because they can't because the timeline. Unless they do. I was gonna say they should bring I, Bill Cranston into the show bring somehow. about uh, Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, Brian Cranston. That's how. Bri- sorry. Yeah, I've probably said that on the Power show. Rangers. Billy Cranston. Bill. <laughs> I was not, but I'll take it.
1: <laughs> I'll take <laughs> it. I saved it for you. <laughs> toku nerd. Anyway, <laughs> so I mean, I, there's possibilities. But I mean, he probably they probably have to have Brian Cranston in a flashback unless they want to retcon his death, which.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, what if he showed up in, like, a flashback or something, well, you know? This show's already done the whole fakeout thing,
5: so why the fuck not?
1: <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, you weren't kidding, kidding when you said his name is actually Salty. Uh, <laughs> Tom's actually <laughs> been deeply really salty. He hasn't been that, that salty. Screen. <laughs> uh, but
2: he is salty now because we have to admit the, uh, the harsh truth that I was right. Oh, that was, no.
4: But before so we spoilers. get there,
2: before we get there, we gotta start with our non-spoiler first impressions of this week's episode. Episode nine, Axis Mundi. Let's start with you, Nathan, being our new person of interest in the camera <laughs> frames. <laughs> a, a person of interest.
1: A <laughs> new human yeah. being that
2: has sentience and can hear, talk and they, have thoughts.
1: Did the local police send you after me? I'm just because I got pulled over for speeding last night. So <laughs> But no, as I said, I do think this episode is it's on an upward trajectory. And there were some things that I was think I was wondering to myself, how are they going to realize this in this episode? And and this isn't a spoiler, but because the the last episode left off on this, but they go to the hollow earth in this. And I'm thinking, how are we going to do that on a television budget? And they didn't go as wild as they could have in a a film like they do in GVK Godzilla versus Mm. Kong where they go just, they just go nuts (laughs) because they have the money to do that, but they're not all, they're also not doing the, the nineties TV looking at you Stargate SG one, where we just see planet Canada every week, (laughs) you know, but they say it's somewhere else. No, the, they do a little bit more than that, which, you know, obviously we'll break that down as we get to it. So I was for the most part impressed. I, was kind of expecting the twist ending and yet it was still kind of surprising at the same time I will admit after the after I saw it and the episode ended I broke out in laughter because I'm like of course they did that <laughs> yeah. now it does raise more questions
2: yeah. <laughs> there's always questions Brandy's running motif in this show is I'm confused I want to know more yeah. but I'm confused <laughs> yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like now hear I have to see the next episode <laughs> Tom
5: what's your impressions well I enjoyed quite a bit of it up for the most, from the beginning in the middle I thought it was interesting you know they were revealing stuff it was cool fun times shit dads all that fun stuff and then the end happened <laughs> and then I was dads. like this fucking hell Dan was right I hate this now 0 out of 10
3: <laughs>
5: so just because I, just want,
2: I was right <laughs> Yep. Just 100%.
3: because.
2: Just because now, to give a little you- context for Nathan. The first episode of our podcast, I was very vehemently dismissed when I gave out a theory that Keiko might still be alive. So that's
1: yeah. why I have disagreed with you. Everybody Because in. after the first <laughs> episode, I'm just like, I thought the I, I thought the cliffhanger resolution was going to be right at the beginning of episode two. And it was going to be like, oh, Keiko's fine. And they're like, wait, no, what we went. Farther back. Wait, what? what? What are you? What? Who's directing this? Quentin Tarantino? What the heck? Uh, <laughs> More flashbacks. Uh, okay. Flashbacks with flashbacks. What the heck are you? Uh, what? <laughs> Lost already did this. <laughs> um,
5: but enjoyed everything until the end. And then because Daniel Morris of Capture.com ruined it because he was right. And I hate
2: it now. But well, you have to admit, that scene was pretty badass. That's pretty badass.
5: Oh yeah, it could have—it could have been the coolest thing in the world, but because <laughs> of this, it is now the worst thing that so is ever created. It. Yes, it's Dan all your Randi. fault.
1: Sorry. I mean, you better be. <laughs> I already have a friend who's trying to start a who's trying to start a meme based on oh. the last scene, which we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> How about you, Brandy?
3: Uh I loved this episode. It was very emotional. Um, I had a few, like, emotional moments, especially with, like, Kentaro, you know, and, like, I felt for him so much, and, yeah, I was excited to see, like, everything that they've been through, like, throughout, like, Randa, like, Shaw, everything that they did. I'm having a hard time not spoiling anything, okay?
5: As you I usually because
3: yeah, this is a really good episode. Anyway, this is a, a very emotional episode for me. I'll yeah. leave it at that.
2: I agree. I think this was one of the better episodes, as Nathan pointed out before. The upward trend, and
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm happy that the show is leaning into the stupid a little bit. Like it could have gone
1: more. It could have gone stupid. But but I don't. I, I don't know if I would call it stupid. It's more like it's just batshit just going a well, little yeah I, I don't
2: think it, I, I, I don't think, think wild it's stupid would but, be a better way to put it yeah but like i like that it's leaning really hard into let's call it the the tohoism yeah of just mm-hmm. goofiness well, and,
1: yeah. it it also reminds me a lot of like Jules Verne and Edgar Rice Burroughs you know who were authors who famously wrote up books about mm-hmm. going to the center of the earth so when we watched the episode brandy actually made a comment
2: about their helmets that the guys were wearing going into the, the capsule and she was like those are weird looking helmets and my first thought was like 70s Toho Godzilla mm-hmm. movies like the weird like huge open face helmets because I'm like eh.
1: okay so it's like, I mean, like you, say, you, you say that thing. I was I was looking at it thinking it's like yeah I'm pretty sure that's how 60 space suits looked <laughs> yeah because yeah. <laughs> it yeah, it, it it's supposed one. to be 1962 and you know the height of the space well not the height the beginning of the space race well yeah. no no it is the height of the space race the space race really started in the 50s but which has been something I've really enjoyed about the show with the, the little bits of historical details that they throw mm-hmm. in there and mm-hmm. how unabashed they have been about not skirting around them like how a lot of Americans would be at least mildly racist or Japanese people A decade after the war, like that was a thing. We we mentioned that quite a bit. At least mildly racist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're not trying to put them in internment camps or anything. You know, they're just like, oh, a Japanese woman and she's a scientist. We don't take her seriously. You know,
2: (laughs) so with that, let's move on to our spoiler review. So, starting us off, we start this episode in 1962. So, there's this has been one of the first like bigger time jumps in the old timeline, the past timeline, and it starts the best um, timeline. Yeah, honestly, it is like I, honestly, I'm, I
1: I think the flashback portions are the more compelling for the most part. For the most part, and this is yeah. a, a longer. Kurt scene. Russell. Kurt Russell. is always uh, continues to be awesome. Yeah, he's definitely one of the better parts of the
2: <laughs> the current series uh timeline so it is one of the longer intros to the show which is usually like good like a lot of the episodes have longer intros i always really like those intros but it starts off with billy and uh shaw talking to young hiroshi and billy's trying to explain to him that uncle shaw is going on a trip and shaw Mm -hmm. tells hiroshi that it's top secret army stuff so he gives Mm Hiro his lucky pocket knife and he's Mm -hmm. trying to like Explain it to him. I mean, he's probably what 10 years old-ish. Somewhere maybe, around there. This time.
1: I, I want to know why we haven't seen a lucky pocket knife until now. Yeah, where
2: did that come from all of a sudden? There I, was a I, bit I would've where would've I'm had, like, is I, that I think, this thing that he shaves his pencils with?
1: Maybe I just would have liked to have no. seen young Shaw with it at some point. Yeah, also, like we had never seen it much, before. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, this would have had this would have a little bit more impact if I had seen it before this. However, what I really want to know is what is that toy? Mm. <laughs> what is the toy that little Hiroshi has? Cause I'm like that must be that's a, a little
3: plane thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was like, they're focusing a lot on it. I was like that has to, that's gotta be a reference. I don't know what it is. Could be. Or <laughs> h- hear me out. Hear me out.
5: It's a kid playing with a toy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Like, theory, Tom. Like, that is like, you know, brain, next level thinking. <laughs> just a toy. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> she
1: just came back from tinfoil hat land people <laughs> mm-hmm. she met tim there yes, yeah tim
2: gave you your official tinfoil hat or tinfoil the
1: basement
3: troll tim the foil? basement troll tim fo-
2: tim foil? Mm-hmm. so anyways they are in kansas getting ready to launch operation hourglass which is uh setting a <laughs> shuttle sending a shuttle down into underspace. Have they have never like actually said hollow earth in the show, but they say they looked using underspace a lot in this episode. Underspace, <laughs> okay. underspace,
1: okay. underspace. I, underspace. I, I, I had a little bit of a knee jerk reaction to that i was like, really? <laughs> underspace? <laughs> well, this there's sounds outer space. about as 50s as you can get. They couldn't know? say like, inner space because that's like a movie. It, yeah. Well, it, it, inner space is a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I'm not saying it's. It's. It, I'm not saying that there is a precedent for the term. It just sounded weird the first time I heard it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, uh. but the scene well, also sets up the uh, the explanations yeah, of a couple so. of things. It ex- it shows how Shaw has visited underspace before, and it also shows how they're able to get there without the super fancy spaceship from GVK, uh, and they do it with a pod that looks like it was co developed by Doctor Suzuki. And mm-hmm. it's also got, like, the, the Kaiju phone, the Titan phone the attached Ball. to it.
1: The Gamma yeah. Ball.
2: <laughs> and they kind of give this really quick, loose explanation that they call a Titan because the Titans, like, clear out the instability in the portals. And then they through. can they can follow the the Titan. Yeah.
1: They, they did the same thing in GVK.
2: I guess, but they still had to go through the inverse gravity in GVK, even though they were following Kong in that. Movie, so they did,
1: uh, but they did, but they needed Kong to for guiding to uh, to to go down there with them so that they could get through.
2: Yeah, so it, it kind of like follows that similar logic, and it's like okay, so as long as there's a Titan present, you can make it through there without getting squished into oblivion. So that also explains how we know the characters from the last episode fall through a hole and didn't immediately just implode on themselves because they oh, were yeah, yeah, following yeah, the, they took the big the, bug.
1: Yeah, the, it, apparently, its official name is Endoswarmer. Ah, I did see that. Endoswarmer. So, yes. mm-hmm. Which that sounds both scientific and kind of disgusting. cool at the same time. Yeah, Endoswarmer. <laughs> You're like, I mean, cool, i yes, like it it, It's a gross little critter,
2: for sure. It sounds like a video game monster. Yeah. Which, it okay does sound
4: like a video it's, game monster.
1: I, like,
2: I should be like killing that in Doom or something. It <laughs> sounds like a name that a six-year-old would come
5: up to when they see a cockroach for the first time. I want to meet that six-year-old. You
1: must know some very smart <laughs> six-year-olds. <laughs> well, I don't know.
5: Maybe we're just built different over here. I don't fucking know. Mm.
3: Well, the bugs are built different over there. That's for damn sure. <laughs> they have kaiju bugs in Australia.
5: I, but, yeah, the <laughs> uh, well, yes, they do. So actually,
1: well, let's Actually, let's be honest. If there was a kaiju from Australia, it's probably going to be a giant kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> Racist.
3: <laughs> like spider. Uh,
1: I think the word not re- you're looking for is xenophobic sir
2: <laughs> waiting for time to be like eh, well actually <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, well, I, have,
2: I have seen a very buff kangaroo
5: that one time
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually I have heard that there is a sort of giant monster movie that came out of Australia and it's about a boar hmm I don't know if I've seen that one. I don't think so. Anyways I think it's called Razor oh. Beast or Razorback or something like that. Well, let's look I feel let's like
5: I've see. heard that, but I don't know what it is. But anyway, <laughs> we're getting distracted. I'm sure no, I've, I've seen that are. on You're the shelf at Walmart before. But yeah, we need
2: to move on because then yeah. so they, they go to launch the pod. They had called up a kaiju and then they like turn the phone off and the kaiju goes, Oh, never mind, and goes back down and they're able to find it. Or follow it down. Uh, uh and then so if
1: he was saying he was supplying up there, just it's just like, Oh, my friend is up there. Okay, no, he's not. Never <laughs> mind. <laughs> so
2: apparently something goes wrong. It there seems to be like a really strong magnetic Hole where all the metal starts to get like sucked into the hole, and then it appears, which is that the a portal really is cool floating visual. I have to say, yeah. it was pretty cool. It was like, Where's the bit magnetos down there? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well, it, it's this magnetic storm because we had something like a tornado comes out of it and starts yeah. spinning around, and it's the wind and the magnetism starts messing with things. I thought Godzilla was down
2: there using his magnet. Magnetic powers from Godzilla versus ah, Mechagodzilla. Uh,
1: Magnetozilla. I mean, Magnetozilla. Yeah, bad jokes are going to about. Oh, boy. Oh boy I, have the a, I have a soundboard, people. <laughs> sound effects are coming. <laughs> I <just laughs> but uh, I I was actually surprised if the if this magnetic force was that powerful. I was waiting for people to get the fillings ripped out of their teeth. <laughs> uh,
2: it's a PG-13 show. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i yes. mean
3: people died
2: so anyways the everyone scrambles for cover we see the big uh, collapse of the the portal and then the shuttle loses contact and then we see general pocket come up to billy saying what happened and billy doesn't know and then we get one closing shot of billy going to see hero and explain like eh, you lost another one kid sorry
1: yeah that scene also had what i thought was one of the best lines in the episode which is from Puckett. He says, older men declare war, but it is the youth who must fight and die.
2: Wasn't that in a later scene when he's talking to Billy? Like that comes a little later.
3: Yeah, I think it's what, a little bit later. A little later. later. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, guess the, I know what you're talking about. I, I remember that, that line together. Too. I jumped it's a little in. Later. I'm
2: sorry.
4: You're, all good. Oh, you're it's fine. all good.
2: But it's a good line for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it comes just a teeny bit later because first we see Kentaro waking up in the hospital bed completely messed up and Alive because we all were like, How does he survive this somehow? Uh, and it appeared because that TV, yeah. And this is where our friend Lily would come and be like, Because of the magic of TV and things happening off camera. So,
1: yeah, well, we do get an explanation because Duval is on is in the episode for all of five seconds,
2: right? Mm-hmm. We do see Duval like pulling Tim to safety yeah. and away from like the, the local militia or police, authorities yeah. Yeah, coming on in, land. whatever. Um, but that's where he's greeted by Tim and Verdugo who tell him about what happened. They explain that everyone is dead. Essentially. <laughs> uh, they, they show that clip of Duval saving Tim and, uh, Kentaro wants to go looking for them. And Verdugo is just basically like, don't bother. They're dead. You need to move on with your life.
4: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, that's where we find that his mom is actually waiting there and she comes running in and embraces him. And we're like, mm-hmm. yay, best mom ever is back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Best mom ever. I will say I appreciate the fact that Kentaro is even though he's laid up in this hospital is like we have to go do something guys because I've gotta be honest with you there was a bit of a stretch there in that squishy middle where I'm like you're not doing anything kid.
5: Yeah that I think that's one of my big complaints and Lily as well as I Kentaro was just like shoved to the back because like oh no Kate and Mae romance but like Hmm. fuck this guy.
3: Yeah, I don't Except know. That was I really unclear, and they haven't
5: touched
1: up on it since. And I'm yeah, just they haven't said anything. It
5: was like anything since. like hints, like oh maybe they're gonna be love triangle, uh, uh and then they just dropped it. It's like all right, <laughs> because
3: nobody cares.
2: We also learn in this scene that now we know that Kentaro has come to really care about Kate mm-hmm. in in the time period that they've been together, however long or short it's been maybe he's just feeling some sort of like sibling like affection going on there it's hard to really Obligation, explain sudden, maybe maybe <laughs> i don't know or it's like he's connected with her because of what happened with their father and that's where he's finding some sense of like balance or grounded because of that connection with her something along mm-hmm. those lines it's hard to explain because things happen really fast in the show
3: yeah. yeah, this part got me like this is the first part that got me like really emotional because I felt for Kentaro because like his father he lost everyone like Hiroshi lost everyone Kentaro has lost everyone but he's pushing ahead not his mom so his but mom. still
5: Yeah, the like, only good parent in this show
3: his mom is, oh is freaking <laughs> yeah. amazing like I love her to death but I mean, I, I felt so much for him and he was just so just broken, but still wants to understand what's going on. And that, and of course, his that first thought first, was I really need to go find them." Yeah. Yeah. Like he doesn't he's like, whatever. He's like, I'm going to go find them. Like, I don't know if he really. Feels that they're dead. Or he just wants to know.
1: Uh, by the know. end of the episode, it seems like he's come to that conclusion yeah he seemed a bit defeated
3: i don't know i don't know if he just he still wanted his dad to feel like shit i was (laughs) gonna
1: say (laughs) do you really think he said that to get it is that that seemed pretty genuine to me
3: i I think it's probably a little bit of both
1: there's a couple of other factors there too like we're we're about
2: we'll get to that part and explain but so before that though we see uh now we're coming up on shaw in 2015 where he's waking up in the under space and he's all dazed okay. and confused.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cinematography for the characters waking up in the hollow earth is brilliant. Yeah. Was a,
3: it was good because I was that like, I oh. really,
1: <laughs> really thought something was dragging these characters around or somebody or There was a
2: shot with May where the camera was like the trees were panning past her, but she mm-hmm. seemed to be standing still. That was really cool.
1: Mm-hmm yeah but really, what it was was that it was just camera tricks and some yeah. you know some special effects wizardry to make it look like that because it's trying to communicate the disorientation that yeah. everyone has throughout by passing through the hollow earth, which again we saw to a certain extent in Guzzle versus Kong where the 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 pretty Hispanic girl just pukes her guts up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember her name, unfortunately. She was the, the daughter of the bad guy. Yeah, she was the daughter of man, we
2: just talked about him because Simmons was Simmons. Simmons, that's it. Yeah. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. That's right. Um so anyways, yeah, he wakes up, there's strange glows everywhere, um, and he's just like immediately starts yelling for Kate. And this is where we see these really cool shots of like, there's all this light
1: happening all these like cool Mm -hmm. different like auras and stuff Mm -hmm. in the background. Yeah. But now to to pay off what I mentioned earlier. So it's like, okay, so how are we going to do the hollow earth? This is, Mm -hmm. and this is one of the, I think is one of the strengths of the show is that it's filmed on location. I'm so sick of all (laughs) of these green screen cheats. So they're clearly, I don't know where they filmed this part, but it's clearly in a real forest. But unlike I said, like in 90s shows where they're just like, hey, this is totally another planet, guys. No, they put in some VFX to make it look a little, at least a little bit unearthly. They put in, they make the sky a weird color. There's a filter on it that gives it a <laughs> a weird hue. So it's not. Make everyone's skin like a blue mm-hmm. hue or something. Yeah, so it makes, it makes everything look Like I said, a little bit ethereal, a little otherworldly, but it isn't quite as wild as what we saw in GVK. And then obviously you've got the CGI insects that all look really weird. Like there's like fireflies that look like they have like six points Mm. of light on them instead of one. A couple of like polyps. Yeah, Yeah. so I give them credit. I I like what they do here and we haven't gotten to the ground lightning yet, but I was impressed with the ground lightning.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say too, like where we see May waking up and she's going through that same days and she's completely out of it. And then you see that really cool swelling of like the electricity building up around her. I thought that Mm -hmm. was really cool looking. And then, of course, it turns into like the surge of electricity and a lightning bolt in the ground or either coming up Mm -hmm. or hitting the ground.
1: No, it's coming up. Coming yeah, let's if it's ground. coming from... Oh, because it blows out,
2: too. Like, the ground mm-hmm. actually shoots yeah. out of the ground like a mine Yeah, almost. that's why
1: I call it ground lightning because it's coming up. Yeah.
2: And then, of course, uh, Shaw comes along and, like, saves her from one of the lightning strikes and they start running. And this, this the still- first thought I had at this moment was, like, this looks like something of a video game where they're, like, mm-hmm. dodging a these like bit, explosive yeah. bolts of lightning shooting out of the ground.
1: A little bit, but uh, it's not in a bad way.
2: No, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was It's cool still a nice thing.
1: adventure scene, you know. And they're
2: still pulling play, off the effects surprisingly well in a tv show so
1: i would have yeah, died well i think it's because they <laughs> i think they've been trying to kind of allocate their budget to certain yeah. things because like there were episodes where i think there was one episode with no monsters in it at all and then i think what was it? i think episode seven we saw monsters for, uh, a monster for like 10 seconds <laughs> like, yeah from a distance <laughs> oh. capitalism <Sorry. laughs>
2: budgeting so, so, so the same. Anyways, so when it's safe uh for them, like they get away from the ground lighting, this is where Shaw starts to explain uh that he had been there before and that they are in the Titan realm. May starts freaking out about Kate, and Shaw explains that they fell together. It's like letting her know, like, hey, she's down here somewhere because we both fell in together trying to that they, and they need to go look for Kate. And then we get a jump back to 1962 where we see Billy is grieving. This is the part with Puckett. Puckett comes in to tell him that Monarch has been defunded. Billy tells the general that he can't let it go. And he was also saying like, uh, I should have done something. And that's where Puckett says, no, I should have done something.
1: Mm.
2: And that's where that line comes in. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's
2: right. Um, And and nothing's changed in 60 years. Yeah, (laughs) nothing's changed. And he also tells Billy to... Like He should let it go and go take care of Hiroshi since Hiroshi's lost everybody else. We all know this isn't true because clearly this is 1962 going into was it 1974 with Kong Island? So in those 12 73. years.
1: 73. 73? So I'm pretty sure 11, it's 73. I've done an episode on Kong Skull Island. So yeah, yeah I think it's 73 it's so right, we see, because the, it's right at the end of the Vietnam War.
2: Vietnam War, right. yeah. So Billy basically just ruins himself probably trying to Find some sort of solution or answers in those 11 ish years. Yeah.
1: So that, because that's the idea is that they said because he lost everybody, he ended up, uh, he lost himself and then became crazy John Goodman.
2: <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Yep. The, the, the years were not kind to him. They were not. He <laughs> no. aged poorly. No. Yeah. Uh, and then we go back to 2015 briefly where we see May and Shaw. And this is uh, Shaw starts telling May about how he's been there before. And it, it, cause he's trying to explain to may that time is tight. And she was like, what are you talking about? And then we get a flashback The flashback. Unlike all the other ones, this is an actual like flashback and not just a time jump as we've seen throughout the show. Cause then it shows us, uh, with Shaw waking up after the in a Japanese a th- hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in a Japanese hospital, no less. And he's getting surrounded by people in radiation suits who start scanning him and asking him a bunch of questions. Um, And it's this very jarring, like, okay, he went to the underspace and now he's in a Japanese hospital. What are we missing? How did he go from there to there? Uh, It's all very disorientating. Um, And then we see like a young Japanese nurse who's working at this hospital and she hears about Shaw not eating. So she smuggles a little Christmas cookie in to him and she's very sweet and Shaw (laughs) has this moment of like, yeah, uh, you're very sweet, but I'm going to take you hostage because I need to get the F out of here. So.
3: I need a sandwich from Bill Bill Randa. Bring me a sandwich by Bill
2: Randa.
1: Billy, make me a sandwich. Make me a sandwich.
2: This is where he grabs the nurse and he starts running around the hospital demanding to see Bill Randa. And a man comes to him and says,
1: Bill oh, dead. Before that, we saw the space shuttle on TV. That's yeah. true. There was that moment he where he looks like, and sees was, the space that's shuttle. Our the first, like, that's our first, first clear clue hint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we're not in nineteen, we're not 1962 anymore. We're not in Kansas yeah.
3: anymore.
2: But
1: it's
3: like Literally. very quickly, too, that yeah. you see there's this <laughs>
2: older gentleman coming towards him that's like, that ah, looks and sounds like Hiroshi. The older Hiroshi that we know. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, he is saying that this is a Monarch medical facility, Bill Rando's dead, and you find out that this is Hiroshi because he holds up the pocket knife, which is now incredibly mm-hmm. relevant, which we've mm-hmm. never seen before. And well, this I is was expecting proof. that
1: to come back.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was the, the, the device to explain this, to make mm-hmm. it so that Shaw could have that realization of like, yeah. holy crap, this is Hiroshi, okay. and Shaw passes out, and, re- and it does this great thing where it shows the timestamp after everything, and we get the after boom. everything. In 1982. Okay. 1982.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I have questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, don't we all? Because <laughs> this this is new. We didn't see time displacement in Godzilla versus Kong. We saw that the portals could move you through space, but now it looks like we've got. A, and this we get a fly. Shaw explains how he remembers things mm-hmm. later. That then feel when we get to the ending, we'll have to unpack that a little bit. But at this point, I'm like, okay, it's a time displacement thing. He f- went through a portal again, and he went through time as well as space. Okay, fine, I can yeah. wrap my head around that like I said by the end of the episode it gets complicated
2: <laughs> I mean and this is something that we've been questioning since the beginning of the show because like, we connected the dots in the very beginning of like how old Shaw's were like he's got to be like a 90 years old yeah, and then and the then show the starts to the general like, they're, they're hinting at it like how old mm-hmm. are you And we're like, yeah, "Yeah, how old is he? And we had this running joke that he's that old because he got G fuel that's made out of Godzilla
1: cells. (laughs) Well, see, I had a couple of theories. One was that I thought it would be like the what is it called in Marvel Comics, the infinity formula? I think Because that's what they gave to Nick Fury to Mm. explain how he's still alive now because he is canonically a World War II veteran. But he showed up in the 60s where it still would have been. Feasible that you would have a relatively young World War II mm. veteran around, but as time went on, they had to retcon that. So the, I think I was thinking something like the Infinity Formula. Then when he mentioned that he had been to the Hollow Earth before, I like, okay, maybe there's something in the environment that maybe. Yeah, that's age what we were slower. saying. Like he must have
2: got something while he was there.
1: Yeah, or and Monarch yeah, yeah, developed some sort happened. of serum. <laughs> yeah, but then I, then then we got to this, and I'm like, it's time displacement now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Doing some time travel. The, the but this is I, the
2: the big answer to like the Shaw age question. He's jumped into the future 20 years.
1: We think.
2: No, I think I think it's like um Avengers Endgame
5: piggybacking off Marvel. Um, I think it's like how like you can enter time at one point and exit another, but if you don't know how to traverse it, then you just kind of get spat out randomly.
3: I think that's, so that's a good like, point because so like, I, I think if because he kind of makes the point or he kind of says, like, if we can get you out, hopefully what happened to me doesn't happen to you as he's talking to May, So Mm -hmm. maybe there is a way to get out. that doesn't cause that.
1: How crazy would it be? This is the thought that just occurred (laughs) to me. Mm -hmm. How crazy would it be if they escape the hollow earth, but then they get thrown 10 years into the future and suddenly they're in. The uh, Godzilla cross Kong the new empire <laughs>
3: I mean if be that's surprises. how they're gonna tie things
1: or GVK
2: because that's supposed to be set in 2025 more annoyingly yeah. for Tom and Lily they go back into the past and change all the things that had gone wrong and <laughs> just oh, completely fuck <laughs> the whole timeline <laughs> <laughs>
4: well
2: I actually have a separate theory that is part of uh, Shaw's flashback to what happened so I'm gonna get to that so but to get us along and get us there the, we see there's this part where we see the nurse that's uh the one that shaw had held up and hiroshi is apologizing to her for the assault on shaw and it appears that this would be kentaro's mother mm-hmm. and this is how they met and got together and of course you see that like sweetness we're like ah yes this has got to be kentaro's mother so kate's mom is the baby mama <laughs> we're getting off into like a weird zone there well yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: because Hiroshi is a cad let's just let's just be honest here he's a cad
2: so he points out she points out to Hiroshi that she hasn't been talking to Shaw yet and he says like well they promised me that they would come back and she's got this little snarky like well he did come back Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) so he's like "Ah, I guess
2: you're right uh, to we jump then again in to 2015. <laughs> Kentaro is home with his mother and she is desperately trying right. to help him uh, starts talking about work, which he dismisses very uh, upset, upset that like, she's just trying to like move on with life. But mm. he says that he should be with Kate. His mom mm-hmm. is saying that, uh, you know, this is a lot of pain. I'm sorry that you're going through all this, but you need to feel what you're feeling. She also mm-hmm. encourages him to follow his heart. And this is where there's like a great moment where she's, Kitaro's like yeah but that lady told me not to do anything and she's like Poof. yeah but since when do you listen to what people tell you
1: i this love was, this woman this was one of I the best gonna, scenes i was gonna say brandy i'm assuming this is one of the heartbreaking scenes yes. for you yeah, yeah. it was I very was, emotional I, I honestly thought this, Full this was snap the, cry yeah i was gonna say <laughs> i think this was i, I honestly what? thought this was one of the best scenes of the episode yeah yeah it's yeah. very interesting
2: Yeah it was very good it was one of the better scenes with Kentaro it really leans into him especially after like he's been kind of pushed to the side for a while but now Mm -hmm. he's like front and center with everything that's going on. And he's
3: like I should have saved them and it's like I don't know like I feel like there's so much parallel between him and his dad at this point because they've lost so much both of them so who knows.
2: But to completely cauterize those tears you're shedding, we jump into another <laughs> scene with a very loud hip hop song. This is like, ah, yeah, like oh, extremely God polarizing.
4: Lord. I was like, Aww. "What the fuck?" That I was
2: funny. not
1: happy with that. I'm like, "What in the actual Christian hell just yeah. happened?" So, like, I didn't why? mind
2: the music. I didn't why? mind the setup and the shot and the way it was playing out. But like the really weird cut char- from like a really yeah, was- intense emotional I, silent
1: well, moment. You a you you had a better reaction to it than me. I I didn't like the music <laughs> was, why is this music here please stop. i thought it was funny
2: like i yeah. laughed <laughs> well, it was kind of, yeah
3: it was funny it made me laugh like, when uh, i realized what? it was
2: barnes just like kind
5: of yeah, like jamming it's out it's
1: diegetic so <laughs> yeah. i was like okay fine it's that yeah it's that goofy character she's listening to music okay fine whatever i love how they just keep like bringing
2: her back for these little snippets here and there this is like all right sure but she anyways uh, has this, like, shocking moment. and She's just like, oh, you know, like, it's a signal. I see and the
1: patterns. <laughs>
2: so she shows t- Tim and Verdugo that in all of the gamma spikes that they've been reading, that she finds a pattern in the original spike, the original signal that they first saw. And, and this is where Tim was like, somebody's sending us a message. And I'm like, who could that be? Hmm. F- I ju- hmm. Can I just say, I just <laughs> put that together. Yeah, did you? Yep.
5: Just then, as I was realizing, I was like, oh shit, signals? Fuck, she was doing the yeah. entire time, wasn't yeah. she? So it's
3: probably what Hiroshi's like looking for.
2: Yes, we were talking about this beforehand. We were saying that this is probably what Hiroshi was pursuing the whole time. Hiroshi was probably trying to find his, his mother. That's why he was tracking all of the gamma spikes across the planet. Mm. I hate that. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm
5: annoyed now. I'm annoyed even more.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. Why, why are you so heartless? Heartless. Because <laughs> I'm getting oh, he says I hate that. As he starts you know, taking a drink.
3: <laughs> because he's mad for missing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. drunk
4: enough for this show.
3: <laughs> Basically. Uh,
5: so in contrast, um, though, there's
2: also, we go back to 1982 where Shaw's in this medical bed and uh Hiroshi comes to see him. And Shaw tries uh, telling him what happened when they went into the under space. This is where we'll get into this theory because he talks, he gives a very generic description, almost like you'd expect a soldier to explain like a military operation, but without going into too many details. But while he's explaining, we're seeing these really vivid, intense shots of
3: those what him and his
2: crew were experiencing, and we get those really cool, like still images that were like somebody almost, like, brought moving. back
1: bullet time. That was bullet cool. time from The Matrix <laughs> yeah. We brought it back. That's the first time I've seen anything that looked like bullet time in years. That to me no, looked like cool. those
2: really cool like f- like almost like a flash animation or it's a still image that somebody added animation to to make it move, and that was like it looked really cool, especially like the scene of the chick getting blasted with the ground lightning. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. that looks brutal. The, whilst they looked cool, I would have preferred
5: if it wasn't just still shots. Like they still just, Like make for the story. Like how they did it. Yeah, cool. But I would be like to if it like it was just sort of like all just one continuous thing without narration. Like you just like see him relive it and then he can tell or something like that. Because mm. I feel like it would have been a bit more visceral if you just see someone die instantly instead of just having look at this cool visual but instead. Not nah, just dead.
2: I mean, I I, I don't know. I kind of like it that way. I mean, like, I, I kind of would like it. to see both. But yeah. I also like. Well, I, 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 I still see where image. you're
1: coming from, but I did like the style of it, and I do think it kind of harkens back to. Is it episode four when we get the Kantaro flashback? Because he did weird artwork like that,
2: mm, like that mm. capturing a moment in time kind of yeah. thing. Mm. It's true. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, yeah, this is where I wanted to cool. get into this well, theory because during that scenario we see mm-hmm. there is a kaiju that attacked them too and then we do get a, a shot of that them, is actually. happening in real time where Shaw's like desperately grabbing onto something to because there's a giant vortex happening behind him and there's like this bat like kaiju flying into it what is that it's vortex? The dragon. The dragon. so this is my theory is that that vortex may or may not have been created by that kaiju and that vortex is actually what caused the time disturbance because that right. wasn't a normal hollow earth thing that we've seen yeah before. that
1: is the that is something that you know, i don't That's know an if that was a natural phenomenon for the hollow earth or not if it isn't
3: well he doesn't he mention that it's something that the kaiju created didn't he say that
1: don't or am recall i misremembering that, that? I, don't recall I don't remember that that. specifically mm. no i don't i don't well, remember now I'm that go back and watch again. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm just saying it, it. we haven't seen anything like that previously in the hollow mm-hmm. earth. So I don't know if it would. maybe it was a freak of nature with the strange ecology of the hollow earth. I don't know.
2: But the way that plays out, too, is we see that kaiju fly into it and then Shaw gets pulled mm-hmm. into it behind it. Mm-hmm. So he that that is somehow that somehow got him back to topside in Japan. Like they find him and that they, they, we see that shot of him wandering around in the middle of nowhere in Japan mm-hmm. near some that shrine shrine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like
1: yeah, the, a shrine that they said was, did they say it was supposed to gateway between the living and the dead is what they yeah, said. The gate, yes. Yeah. I was trying to remember the verbiage that they used mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah.
3: interesting as he's telling this, like you can hear his heart monitor, like racing, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is mm. that's stressful. Yeah. But
1: it actually makes sense that if that there would be a if there was you know if there's if the ancient Japanese found one of these Hollow Earth gateways that they would erect a shrine to it around it like that. I did research on what the significance of things like torii gates and all that is in Japanese culture.
2: Yeah, they're supposed to be openings to other realms and things.
1: Yeah, they typically mark the entrance to a sh- uh, to a Shinto shrine, and the, to put it succinctly, they are meant to be the gateway between the you know uh, is it like the b- living between, and uh, dead uh, a gateway to the sacred space basically
2: mm. yeah and like hiroshi does say afterwards that they did find a rift there
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so he had popped out of that rift after mm-hmm. somehow
1: which actually saying that uh, saying that now that actually ties into the title of the episode because i looked up what axis mundi means i was wondering what that meant yeah, it, it it's it's a, a term in a couple of different spaces. It's used in a, uh, astronomy and in comparative mythology, and the comparative mythology part is the the one that we, I think is most pertinent here because it's supposed to be basically the pathway that connects the. I'm trying to remember exactly the verbiage that it was used, but you know it connects the. The you know two different worlds, so like the underworld or or heaven to make the, sense. you know to earth, basically. Uh, it actually said like a, a mythological example of this. If you're even if you only just watch the Marvel movies, you know what this is. But Yiddurasil, the yeah. world tree, yeah. is that that's an example of it. And some even look at secular modern examples of things like skyscrapers. You could technically call an axis mundi, but the, in scientific circles, it's the tilted axis of the earth that it rotates on. You know, it's the mm. or it's the connection points between the north and south poles which is what the earth rotates on. Fun facts. <laughs> Fun facts. Interesting. I'm tied
3: mm-hmm. into the electromagneticism. True. Mm-hmm.
2: So, this is now uh Hiroshi is very uh like stoic and he he's trying to tell Shaw that like he, he doesn't want anything to do with what the original Monarch crew was basically doing. And Shaw's trying to sell it, like, you know, we have to follow up on this. We need to go into this. And that's where Hiroshi's kind of like dismissing him. And there's a really specific moment where Shaw's trying to say, like, this is your legacy. But Hiroshi's just like, nope. It's like, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, that was the crazy stuff. It got my parents killed. And you can tell that this is where Hiroshi's kind of like trying to disassociate himself with monarch altogether and that running theme of the legacy of it
3: yeah mm. probably why he didn't tell kintaro or kate anything about monarch right. or what he did because he didn't want them involved because mm-hmm. he didn't want them to be pulled into the legacy birthright bullshit Mhm.
1: This was uh, the episode where I really and I think I toyed with this concept before but I really started wondering like is the title supposed to be a double meaning? Obviously mm-hmm. monsters are referring to the titans, the kaiju and the work that Monarch has been doing with them for decades, but is it also supposed to refer to our human characters? Like say, yeah. Yeah, you know kind of like how The Walking Dead is a reference to both the zombies and the fact that our characters are quote unquote dead inside mm-hmm. basically. So, but I'm like, but do all of these characters really qualify as monstrous? I don't know about Shaw. You could Mm -hmm. say that about Hiroshi, possibly. Maybe Crazy Billy after 1962, but I just, I don't know.
3: Something that Hiroshi said that was interesting was that, like, for 300,000 years, like, we've lived with the Titans. And it wasn't until you three. That all hell broke loose, basically. So he's essentially blaming everything that's happening on Shaw, Keiko, and Billy. So I thought that was interesting.
2: He's just he's just salty.
3: He's he is fa- very salty. Yeah.
2: So this is also where he explains to Shaw that like he's going to get put into this. What looks like a retirement home, but it's actually to like study him and to understand like what's oh, going so on with him, and to deal well, with him. Who
1: are the other old people in this? Yeah, I, I, right, just like, know. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, that was a nice bit of psychological horror because I think, you know, if you're not a senior citizen, there is kind of this nagging feeling that we're all going to end up as just drugged out ve- you know, not vegetables, but you know, zombies basically at old folks homes. They're like, here, take the magic pill. So you shut up, you know, mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Yeah, that's in nature. A, <laughs> it's a really
2: cool shot, but it's also kind of terrifying in that way because yeah. we see the yeah. young Shaw sitting in the retirement home, watching TV. He's taking with his old pills
1: people around. Him. Yeah. With he's, a bunch of old he's people around. Theoretically him. theoretically too young to be there. Yeah. It's like,
2: He's taking these pills. He's got this very dead look in his face and then it does a transition to now where it's old Shaw there and he's taking his pills, but then he sees a news report of Godzilla in Hawaii. He's, he's watching Godzilla, Godzilla 2014.
1: 2014. Yeah. He's watching <laughs> Godzilla 2014
2: and he kind of like has a snap out like I know that guy.
3: <laughs> and I'm not taking these fucking pills anymore. <laughs>
2: So that's where we see like, okay, it was at that moment when Shaw kind of like snapped out of it, like, okay, I gotta do something and not just (laughs) sit here for 30 years. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I am also just thinking back to that to the scene that where a lot of people turned against Godzilla 2014, where it's like You know, you have the big reveal where Godzilla is like, "Hello, Muto, I'm going to kill you now," and then it cuts, and the kid hmm. is watching the fight on the news report, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> "What?" But I, on the other hand, were like, "I know. Wait, what's going on? Oh wait, oh wait. I I, I know what you're doing, Gareth Edwards. I, <laughs> I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on for a little longer. All right, I know what you're doing." <laughs> and i was right but <laughs> so i was like that would have been funny it's like it's the same thing i don't know if it's the same scene i'd have to go back and double check it again i don't know if that was the hawaii fight or it that looked was to be like the same news report that was it honolulu okay so yeah, it, was yeah. it the hawaii did say
2: honolulu China. so i think it was that same like news report. so it's report. the same
1: thing he's seeing the same report as brody's son mm. <laughs> basically
2: Yes, so back on track with 2015, it's Shaw with uh filling in May about what happened. And uh Shaw says that we need to get her home. So what happened to him doesn't happen to her. We touched on that. She also comments saying, Hey, you look pretty good for 90 years old. And he's like, Yeah, that's what people tell me. But it's like he's not really <laughs> 90 years old. So that's kind of like the trick is that he's actually more close to her sixties because of the time jump.
1: Yeah, I mean, time. it's kinda it's like saying is Steve Rogers 90 years old. Mm -hmm. I definitely got some Captain America vibes in this so then we get another Kurt Russell was Mm -hmm. you know uh, I mean I've seen Kurt Russell in his 80s action movies he could have been Steve Rogers I mean (laughs) so we get another
2: heartfelt scene with Kentaro where he's at his dad's office and in comes walking Hiroshi like nothing's happened or nothing's changed which is very odd that Hiroshi just walks in like hey what's up son How's it going? He read oh, he script. was
3: obviously very uncomfortable. Like, oh, yeah. like what
2: are Kintaro you doing here? Because yeah. he tried to plays it off. Like he hasn't been missing for over a year. He didn't. People didn't think he was dead, and they didn't see him in the desert before Godzilla came out of the ground. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this was a a really intense scene again, where like uh, Kentaro like confronts Hiroshi, and he starts explaining to him that like it's all too late. And Hiroshi starts trying to say, okay, well, I have a lot to explain. And again, kintaro's like, no, it's too late. K is dead. And Hiroshi immediately is like, no, no, that's not true. You're just saying that to hurt me. But then the longer Kentaro's silence goes on, the more Hiroshi starts to kind of like, no, you know, tell me that's not true. And he breaks down and starts sobbing with the realization that his daughter is dead. And this is just such a freaking intense scene. It's, Mm -hmm. I actually really like this scene because, I mean, obviously their pain is awful, but it's really well acted. And like I really enjoy Kentaro and Hiroshi, the performances of these actors in that scene. I was going to say, I felt bad for Kentaro.
5: I'm like, damn, he's like we said before, like he's dealt with some shit. I did not feel bad for Hiroshi. I'm like, (laughs) you are a horrible father. You even said you weren't supposed to find out about that part of my life. I'm like, eh. uh,"
3: He's not a good father. No. But
5: yeah, he, he's been like, through some shit too. Yeah, but like I don't know. He
3: basically grew up without any parents at all.
5: Yeah. So then he had to have two families and had to hide them from each other. Yeah. yeah. Still, a dick, still a dick move.
3: It is a dick move, but I'm just oh. saying I feel for both of them because I I really think that they're gonna like connect over this, and I don't know.
1: I mean, yeah, Kantara and uh, you uh, know Hiroshi. Excuse me, Hiroshi's a jerk, but it's still his daughter.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like he cares about his kids. He does, and that's his family. Like maybe because he got deprived of all family he ends up having too because he's like well, I'm on this side of the world this time so I need a family here. I'm on this side of the world this time. I need a family here. So maybe he's just making up for it in a really shitty way.
0: But <laughs> I was gonna say,
2: very shitty way. It's a, it's or he's, a that's shitty his way. way of protecting... Family, like if one is gone, he has the other one as a Becca, yeah.
1: Well, and uh, you in the beginning of the series, I get the impression he has some sort of relationship with both of them, he just keeps yeah. both sides secret.
3: I, I, I feel for him and I feel for Kentaro, like,
5: but so. it was a good scene, they that acted was it a well. Scene. It was, and I did like when Kentaro just like it's all your
1: fault,
2: yeah. He's just like, yeah, like, this is all of your fault, yeah. he, he blames
5: him I
1: for had everything. moments where I'm where I was thinking, like, is the Hiroshi actor like. Ken Watanabe's brother or you, something. I got that too. Like getting, very Ken strong Watanabe vibes Ken Watanabe from vibes from yeah. him.
2: Like his voice sounded very
1: similar almost. Mm-hmm. And he looks similar enough that I would I would be willing to believe that they were brothers.
3: Yeah. I, I think this is also hitting Hiroshi like even harder because he tried so desperately hard to keep his kids and family away from any involvement in Monarch because he didn't want them to have anything to do with the legacy.
4: Mm.
3: And now because of him keeping the secrets and they have found out in the worst possible way, that's probably hitting him 10 times worse. Makes so sense. that's probably fucking him up hard. <laughs>
2: So, to close out this episode, this is where we finally, finally see Kate waking up in the underspace. She's also disoriented, like everyone else has been. She starts kind of making her way around the environment. And this is where mm-hmm. she comes across, or what comes across her as a boar like titan, which yep. is pretty damn gnarly looking. Yeah,
1: Wikipedia yeah. says that its official name is Bramble Boar. Scary I mean, fucking thing. What it looks Bramble and Boar. Was. So. <laughs>
2: It's. It had a really gnarly looking Ooh. face, and it initially seemed to kind of like ignore it reminded her. reminded her a lot bit of a of, sniff. The,
1: of the critters on Skull Island. To be honest, it's fair.
2: Um, so then we see it. Uh, she starts to make her way around, away from this tree, but the boar circles back for some reason and gives Brandy a jump scare.
1: <laughs> yeah, <I> did. <laughs> Apparently, this thing operates on Jurassic Park logic. It's, it's like, like oh, it, it scares I, the I shit out of me. <laughs>
2: So this the boar thing starts charging after her and it very dramatically we get this like right at the last second an arrow comes out of nowhere and hits the boar and it veers off and takes off and then we get the really dramatic look back and we see bum bum bum,
3: bum. What do we see Tom? What do we see Tom?
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's, paper it's your birthday who's... present <laughs> it was The worst one he has an aged today. Look, looks fine. It's fucking bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. The dance, right? And I hate was it. Was No nom noms, noms from that's, the
1: buds. This is why I said as like, soon as they saw that and the ep- and they goes to the credits, I broke out laughing because I'm like, okay, I probably should have saw this coming. This is we're finally getting. Hi, doggy. We're finally getting <laughs> resolution. To the episode one cliffhanger, because that was the thing. It's like, oh, we're going to 1962, so we're finally going past the the episode one flashback. Oh, there's just like Keiko's dead. Well, that was kind of uneventful, especially with how important she's been throughout the rest of the flashback sequences. So, like, okay, I probably should have saw this coming, but it also raises a ton of questions. The resolution (laughs) is is that she dies. She's still like 35. Yeah, she because of bullshit, has an bullshit, and she fucking
2: dies. <laughs> but timey wimey stuff. Yeah, well, Tim, the, the Time, time Lord, came did in she, and like how did sonic she screwdriver.
1: Survive her encounter with the Endoswarmers. How, exactly. has been, how has she been surviving down here? Why is she still thirty-five? Why? Is... <laughs> well, see that—that's
5: why I think it's like the end game time travel. where You can enter at different points in time, so I, it's it makes sense, but it's stupid. And I hate it. And it's stupid.
2: <laughs> and I hate it. Well,
5: oh, I'm my, uh, we don't know.
1: As far as we know, she's been down there since, what was it, 1959? Four?
2: Was it 54? Or it was 59. It, right was, right, the right, late, right. it was the late
1: yeah. 50s. She's been down there the whole time. It's just that magic radiation that makes you age slower. That's right. Timey, why mean G-Fuel radiation?
3: <laughs> We're going to find a
2: TARDIS. So... Most of my theories have come true and have been right. <laughs> and everybody hates me for it. Sorry. No, I hate you.
1: I'm reserving judgment on this whole Keiko plot twist until next week. <laughs>
2: yeah. So with next week, we have the preview, which is uh, episode 10, the season finale, and it's called Beyond Logic because that's been an ongoing theme that they say beyond logic lies truth. So that would assume... That next week's episode, we're going to learn the truth. Mm-hmm. And the description. And judging,
1: the, and judging by the mid-season trailer, we're getting lots of Godzilla action. Ideally. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. There's a only a 44-minute episode. And another big nasty titan that Godzilla's like, what the heck you doing? Because <laughs>
2: there's only 44 minutes and a lot needs to happen in that 44 minutes.
1: I, um, are you guys <laughs> thinking that the episode might be longer than normal?
2: You, well, it nah. says it's 44 it minutes it's on right? Apple TV+. Oh, it actually it says that yeah. on, yeah. on yeah. Apple.
1: Okay, I didn't look at the listing on Apple TV+. Yeah. Plus. So and there's know. a description,
2: too, for the episode that says, the team struggles to find a way out of Axis Monday, and Kentaro and Tim make an unexpected alliance. That's all we get for next week's yeah, episode. Yeah, but like I
1: said, I know from that mid-season trailer we're going to theoretically get a lot of Godzilla action.
3: So mm. the alliance is Godzilla and Hiroshi.
1: Uh-huh. And Tim. i will call him tim that's right
2: (laughs) so real quick we're gonna have to wrap up with some quick episode ratings as we've already gone a little long this episode so here is our episode ratings and i'm gonna let you start us off nathan
1: I would say I don't think this is exactly the best episode of the series, so I'd probably give it an eight because it's still an upward trend. So. (laughs)
5: He's
1: like zero because Dan was right.
5: (laughs) No, I'm not that heartless. I would have given it an eight because it was a bit it was a fun time and I enjoyed it. However, five out of ten because Dan was right and I don't like it. So, yeah two scores if you want the legit one it's eight if you want my one because I'm a petty little bitch uh fine because hey
1: at least you admit what your problem is and so now you can fix it it's the first step
5: fuck you Dan not really I'm sorry
2: <laughs>
5: ah, I love you Tom
1: again so much rage in that corner
2: <laughs> but um sure but...
1: Like you're just like fuck you Dan. <laughs> it was it's was a hot thing, Sam. like love you, Dan. It's like the like uh, it's like uh, the honest candy hearts. F you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: How about you, Brandy? What's your rating?
3: Honestly, I was gonna go closer to a nine on this one because I this was a very emotional. Like it made me think a lot, like about the interconnections with the characters, with everything that's happened. All of these years and everything that's happened to all of them. So I guess like my brain kind of went a little nuts. So I I don't know. I'm going with a nine with this one. I liked it. It made me feel
2: Mm -hmm. a lot. Still confused, less confused?
3: No, I'm still confused. (laughs) Always. But that's
5: just she's always confused.
3: Yeah. But but my my brain just does this the whole like Charlie Day thing like conspiracy shit stringing the lines together (laughs) so and i'm loving it for that because like i never know what the frack is gonna happen and it's just and i like that
2: i definitely look forward to us doing our like after the show breakdown episode and we like can go over the entire show as a whole Mm -hmm. and see how we feel about everything after it's all said and done but to give you guys my rating, I was probably sitting around an eight because it was a fun episode. I think there was a lot of cool imagery, a lot of cool shots, a lot of things happened in the ways that I was like, okay, I'm glad. It's it's a, subverting my expectations by going the silly, doing the things that are bonkers. And I like that. I want it to be a little bonkers. But then again, Keiko's still alive. So I was really happy. So nine, <laughs> Ah
3: uh. it was an 8 but now it's a 9 because fuck you Tom so real score 8 Tom's <laughs> right? a real little salty little bitch 9
0: score <laughs>
5: yeah no, that's fair that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. sounds yeah. about right yeah sounds about right mm-hmm.
2: All right, everybody. Yeah. We need to uh, wrap her up for tonight, uh, Nathan. Before we go, did you have anything? Lastly, you want to play? I know you already kind of hit all of your podcasts, but I don't know if there's anything uh, yeah, else you want to yeah, share, I socials Although, and things. Uh, but
1: uh, just really quick, because you know, one of my one of my special talents is shameless self promotion. It's a running <laughs> gag on my show, on my podcast. Couldn't tell. But you know, Couldn't what tell. I didn't <laughs> mention obviously, you can listen. Obviously, you can listen to all the podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also uh, you know check out the Film Faults YouTube channel. I also, like I mentioned, I'm an author and a writer. My author website's nathanjsmarchand.com And you can follow me on Twitter and on the, and on Facebook. Through, uh, you'll find the links to it on those websites. And if you go to the Film Vault's website, MonsterOnFilmVault.com, you'll find links to all of its socials as well.
2: I will include those uh, social links in the description for this episode as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool. All T folks. Thank you all for joining us this week. Be sure to catch us at 2 p.m. PST on Tuesdays at Coach Soup on YouTube or listen wherever you enjoy podcasts. Thank you for joining us this week. Nathan, it's been lovely having you Mm -hmm. and your shameless (laughs) (laughs) self-promotion. I need more shameless self-promotion. Yes, you do. (laughs) Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Brandy and your tinfoil hats. Be sure to visit couchsoup.com and feed your hungry Kaiju soul. We'll see you guys next week for the last season finale. And all the salt. Yeah,
5: the Kaiju. From-
2: levels of salt (laughs) fucking bullshit salt so on, bullshit i say (laughs) but you gotta admit that you're enjoying it and that's partly why you're so mad
3: it's good
2: (laughs) i enjoy
5: nothing you have ruined all entertainment for me daniel morris i shall never i shall never emotionally recover
0: are you ready to go down the rabbit hole the all things alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of alice in wonderland